We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. in this room. You know why? Because what do we do when it got hard? Got a little bit tighter. Hey, grab a hand, grab an arm, grab a piece. We need it. We need everybody in here, fellas. Okay, now that's a big one. You know why? Because it was the one that they had today. Guess what? Next one's the biggest game of your life. That's how it works. That's how it works in this league, okay? So I'm proud of you guys. I'm proud of the fight in this team. And I know this. Something's in our way next week. Yeah. Something in our next week. I don't know who we're playing. They'll tell me tomorrow, okay? But I appreciate how you guys fight. Now, we're coming in tomorrow, okay, because we can learn from this. Yeah. Hey, most important thing there is, team on three. One, two, three. Third down and two. Here's Hunt. Kareem Hunt picks up a first down, and he's into the end zone for a Browns touchdown. Third down at 17. Jackson in trouble. Down he goes again. Browns with touchdowns on their last two possessions. The pocket picks off and taken back by Newsom. Newsom stayed in bounds. Touchdown. Hopkins from 40 for the win. It is good. They pick up the flag. What a comeback by the Cleveland Browns. They trailed 14-0 early. Have come back to defeat the Baltimore Ravens. Woo, buddy. Welcome into today's show. We have a, a victory Monday for you built around uh, an opening between Andrew and myself where we're just kind of like decompressing from a pretty <laughs> a pretty wild football game. We just did the post game show. So some of you may I mean, there were 700 folks hanging out in that show, Andrew. I'm going to put them put that show on the end of this recording so that you guys can hear it. Uh, I'll do fit check with with Kelby because she's really excited about that, obviously. Uh, so did we'll, you see uh, what JOK was wearing today? I'm excited man, about it, too. That where I, I got to know who where he's getting those from it's because they are phenomenal. Yeah, he should play that play in the game with that stuff on. And I thought the fits across the board early check because now I'm into this. Like Dalvin <laughs> Tomlinson wore this button down green forest green suit, and I'm like, my man Dalvin is ready to play. Yeah, that's so, gonna tell you where their heads were at, right? Coming into the game. That's right. That's right. Well, although they well, let's talk about it. So yeah. 
I do want to say those two things will be after this intro, but like they didn't start well. No. And, you know, we're going to talk about how heroic this comeback was and how great it was. But just as a conversation between guys here, like the the start of games is a bit concerning, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I think the Seattle game, they're down early. This game, they're down early. The Cardinals game was a slow start. I mean, you know, the, the first drive for the Cardinals was decent before they shut them down the rest of the way. But like, I wonder how they fight this because, you know, we talk a bit in the show about how heroic was the, the adjustments they clearly made coming out of the half and got better and dominated Baltimore from the coaching, playing, performance side in the second half. But like, I wonder what it takes to get them started quicker because that's an element that they need in some of these games coming up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, you can't continue to spot teams 14 points and expect to come back in all of those. It's great that they no. can do it. They deserve all the credit in the world, as you said. But, you know, you'd, you'd love to play with a lead because we we talked in the preview a lot about how the game script was going to kind of define this one. And so I was pretty – I was not feeling great when they were up 14 because it's like, well, they can just run now. And the Browns did a great job then of kind of figuring out how to stop their run game in, in a lot of situations and, and hung in the game through the first half to, to the point where it was competitive so that they could kind of make those adjustments and come out. And, and then, you know, obviously the tide totally changed at halftime, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that there's one thing. It, it kind of feels to me, Jake, like they, they definitely start slower on the road. I would say, mm-hmm. I, you know, when you think about the games at home, the, the defense tends to kind of come out of the shoot pretty good. I would say, uh, I think then, you know, there's, there's this information going around this evening about Watson being, you know, the best second half quarterback in the league. But one of the worst, you know, you mentioned it on the show, one of the worst in the first half. I think that is a is a big issue for the offense. I I, I will say I think there's got to be ways to mitigate that coaching wise. Yeah. Like there's, you know, whether it's screens or, you know, the running game, whatever. There's got to be things that Kevin can do to kind of take a little bit off of Deshaun's plate early and let him find his way. Right. Well, I think so. They they need to be. I mean, the, it's hard because the the tipped how often do you ever see that the tipped ball to the yourself right. uh, Kyle Hamilton is a really good football player. The Ravens have quite a few really good football players to match the yeah. Browns, but like, like, you know, when that happens in that moment, it's like, Oh my God, it's like a Steelers repeat, right? That tipped ball interception pick six. It's like, you just then get on the road. You're like, this is going to be stupid, but I don't know if anyone plays Madden, but when you get down to Madden these days, the yeah. camera starts shaking. Yeah, exactly. Like it, 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 you feel wobbly, like trying to play the game, but that's how I envision their feeling. So you just have to, to your point, Andrew, have better opening script success. If you put together some early drives that give you some confidence, mm-hmm. then, you know, you're not going to feel so underwater, right? Stuck under the, uh, the undertow or however it goes. But like, I think too, they just have to be better at scheming starts of games. Now Agreed. credit is due about the ability to alter course and figure out answers as we have seen from them in the second, third and fourth quarters now, but the first quarter can't be that ugly. Now, Kevin notoriously has been like a, a opening script guy. Like last year, when you got him off mm-hmm. script, that's when he was bad. It's almost like you flip it in this season. So yeah. it's strange that they're not coming into games clean in the process of starting it. Um, but, but again, that's a huge element of, of changing the tide here and being, out the gates a little bit earlier. So you're not fighting uphill, you know? So that's, um, that's obviously a huge, huge thing that they have to get fixed, but I don't know, man, there's so much good to pick on here. I mean, I, I'll let me do this, Andrew. I'll start with an admission. It was about 1230 this morning. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm pretty tired. I'd gone through a whole day. Of, uh, I ran to the grocery this morning, Yeah, did some various other things. I'm like, it's 1230. Our youngest is asleep. My wife is hanging out with our oldest. I'm like, Hey, wake me up during the game. Like the start of the game, wake me up. 
She wakes me up and it's 14 nothing. I said, <laughs> what, what happened? Like, I, I think I actually woke up on Keaton Mitchell's run. She's like, you need to wake up. But she had tried to wake me up and I didn't wake up. I'll sleep well at night. So I don't I, during the day I have lulls of like feeling so exhausted. So I, I'm like, I wake up to this Keaton Mitchell bounce. I'm like, it's 14 nothing. At that moment, my friend, yeah. I contemplated just not watching it. Like, of course. I just contemplated yeah, the doing off. the dishes yeah. I needed to do and doing some other things. I want to ask you, how many points in this game were you ready to shut it off? Because the Keaton run where it's 14 nothing early, mm. I considered it. Honestly, you know, I think the Seattle game was in my head. Really? I I, okay. ne- I mean I and I I have I will you know that I'll cop to this because I I uh, seasons previously I am big at like walking away from a Browns game when it's just nothing but heartbreak. Um, but no, I I I was I was pretty convinced even from the beginning. I mean, and you know, to the point about the the slow start, I was looking at the the start. Obviously, the pick six is is a disaster, right? They have a uh, you know a three and out you know, on, on the, the next drive. So they've got two possessions that, that go nowhere. And then the, the Ravens go right down and score a touchdown. So those first, that first exchange was rough, but from then on, they kind of played the Ravens evenly. I know that's a dumb thing to say from the perspective of like, you're down 14 points, but it was really one touchdown drive and one really, really bad decision from Deshaun Watson. Yep. And a good bounce of the ball. Exactly. Right. right. And so, I, I, you know, when you look at it from that perspective, it's not like, you know, the Ravens are moving the ball, they kick a field goal, you know, or the, or the Ravens are moving the ball and they have to punt, but then they get another one. And it's like lopsided for an entire quarter. It yeah. was the first three drives of the game. And then from then on, if you look at it, it was pretty much an equal game. So I was dispirited by the start because it's like, you can't keep doing this and expect to survive, especially against good football teams. But I never got to the point of like wanting to turn it off because I I really thought I, I you know I, this team is fostering belief in me in a way that other Browns teams you know haven't. Right I, I mean I, I talked about it on the show. I think they deserve it. I think they deserve a benefit of the doubt that we haven't we aren't used to giving. It's a great point, Andrew. It's real. It's really well said. I think I wanted to ask you that just to test you because of <laughs> some things you've admitted. But I, I genuinely thought about fourteen nothing. Like I don't know if I want to sit through this. And I'll rewatch it when I can get away from the emotion of it. But I kind of like because I checked my phone after he scored. I'm like, how did they score the first touchdown? Oh, okay, Watson threw an interception. What did that look like? I see that it's a. T- I'm like, what is? Yeah. What is happening oh, right here? Is this yeah. a bad dream? Because listen, there's some crazy stats that came out about today and this weekend. So the Browns trailed. This is courtesy of. A good friend, Jake Trotter at ESPN, who has their stats and info department and the Elias Sports Bureau stuff there. Um, the Browns trailed for 59 minutes and 20 seconds on Sunday. No NFL team this millennium has won when trailing that long in any game. It's crazy. Cleveland's also just the fourth team in the Super Bowl era to win after trailing in the first minute and not leading until the final minute of regulation. And that is also league-wide five t- teams so far still games to go yeah one on last second field goals the most in the nfl's history <laughs> and you that know is nuts i didn't see any of them except for the browns <laughs> i don't think i saw i actually take that back i was kind of simultaneously watching Bengals, nice. Nice. texans because i just am so interested in cj stroud it's that incredible what he's doing it's unbelievable he's incredible. really an mvp yep. conversation oh absolutely right and now. i'm terrified of that game now going to houston <sighs> me too terrified man. it's not going to be fun but we got a lot of football to get to until that point like i think i just I also want to ask you from a confidence standpoint, after Hopkins had missed that original PAT to make it 31 square, yeah. how confident were you about him kicking the 40-yard? Oh, not at all. 40 yard? Yeah, not I just no. – and I'd felt good about Hop all year, but yeah. like – No, that shook it all. That shook it all off. Yeah. And, and honestly, 
I thought he missed it because it came out a little bit left, much like the extra point. And I thought it was just going to keep pushing left. And I was watching with my dad and I was standing, he was sitting and he was like, oh, he got it. And I was, you know, I, I don't know if it's like the angle of the TV or something, but, or I'm maybe just not as, as good at seeing things as I thought I was, but yeah, I, it was, I, I was sure until the ref's hands went up that, that it wasn't going, I thought it was leaking left again. So I, I explained in the show, if you guys stick around for that, how I cheat the system with YouTube <laughs> TV and the NFL staff yeah, page. Between I, that and the nap to start the game, you're... <laughs> I'm admitting a You're lot. Kind of putting yourself things. on blast tonight. I told him I don't have wine in, intake in my entire life recently, so you know I'm an open book. Whatever, like I, uh, yeah, I just can't. I, it's like knowing the answers to a test, and yeah. like it's sitting. I yeah. can't help myself because I look at that. That's yeah. how I view the league. Yeah. Like I like to watch other games going on simultaneously mm-hmm. through yeah. that that lens. So. You know, I'm like, I, I just, I'm just like looking left and right and like trying to like, why yeah. hasn't they, why haven't they wrote this up yet? And yeah, I, I guess he, I feel like he did learn from the first one. He definitely tried to start it a little said, more right. I think he said it. that in the post game. His yeah. greatest quote was yeah, the oh, quote God, about yes. being an arsonist who he said, I feel like an arsonist who uh, set a fire and then got to go put out his own fire and got told good job for doing it. Like right. that was, yeah. he's, he's rooted in real, like he's, he's his quotes dude. are really yeah, good. He's a good yeah. dude. And I, I was talking about that a lot live when they had the ball down one that incredible four plus minute drive which i can't get over i mean to get the ball with that much time left and the ravens don't touch it and you kick it to win that's just incredible clock management game management every piece of it at first i was like man they're being awfully slow those first few plays and it worked out i mean the kevin stefanski ran that to a t but i was making the point like if they hit the extra point and then the game is tied there. They've got the ball. It's a chance to go win it, but you're okay. Cause you go to overtime, right? It's kind of a, it's a win-win, right? But needing that yeah. extra point, it, you know, now you're down one, you have to have it. And you know who you're playing against Lamar and, and Justin Tucker have done that so many times to the Browns that, you know, you can't leave them more than maybe 20 seconds. And they ended up leaving them none. It's like Justin Tucker's like, like peak Eric Gagne or I, I'm trying oh, to other. Yeah. Like just yeah. guys who you knew if you got to the ninth inning, you know, Mariana Rivera, obviously is a bad mm-hmm. example. He said Eric Gagne, but like, that is a, <laughs> like, he's just looming over the game Yes, and you're always constantly yep. worried about it. So I'm watching that final drive. Like how many times do the Ravens have? Yeah, okay. They, exactly. Okay. That's the second one. That's the right. third one. I don't want to leave them a single second. Although you're also kind of worried because it's not tied, right? you know? So it's right. like, you're, you're, you're either yeah. winning this game or losing it. So that was a bit of a problem. Right. So. Have you enjoyed a Browns win more? I think there have been more meaningful wins, but kind of as we close just our little yeah. little chat yeah. get together, I, I do want to say, has there been one that you've enjoyed more? No. In recent memory? No. I, it's easy for me. And I th- and I said it on Twitter that I think this is the defining win of Kevin Stefanski's tenure because of where they were when the game started and being on the road, it's a divisional game, all of the things. This had the recipe for a, an easy Ravens 10-point win. So I think the question off of that is why, right? Is it, is I, I have a theory, but I want you to answer it, yeah. right? Like go ahead and answer and tell me well, why. Listen, I, I'm at the point now where I really think this, I'm back to where I was preseason. That's, okay. that's the answer for me is I'm back to where I was preseason, which was the defense is going to be good from the jump. It's going to take some time for Watson to get to where he wants to be. Now it's taken a lot more time because he hurt his shoulder in the middle of that but he's going to come along as the season goes on and they're going to get to the end of the season playing their best football. And that's, that's where I'm at. I'm back to that. So for me, I, the, 
what the reason is, is because I'm looking at the rest of the schedule and I know that it's dangerous business in the NFL to count wins, Jake, but mm-hmm. I'm counting four or five wins and they've got six already. So now you're talking about a 10, 11 win team before you talk about stealing any. So that's a team that can win a division. That's a team that can go deep in the playoffs. If Watson continues to improve, which I think he is, I think there's no doubt he is coming back. That plus this defense is a Super Bowl caliber team. So that's why this win, because this is the catalyst for what could be the best Brown season since the return. I'm intertwining my fingers because it was a mesh of all the things you would want to see in a win, right? Exactly. Exactly. Where you get to say that they were resilient and they overcame things. Where you get to say Watson was a driving force, 14 of 14, 138, a touchdown in the second half, including 8 of 8 in the fourth quarter. He starts like, you get a little bit of a glimpse. It wasn't perfect. Rough first half. Mm-hmm. But like you get that little bit of a glimpse of, oh, this is what he could be, right? Yes. And he was a huge part of it. Yep. Whereas in the 49ers game, it's P.J. Walker and kind of some cross-your-fingers type For scenarios, sure. yeah, right? So it came down and on then this you field get, goal. And then you get the defense stymieing almost everything the Ravens were doing in the second half and for large portions down some important pieces. So like, again, like I think it'll be hard. You'd be hard pressed to find for now. We hope that there's some regular season wins looming out there on the rest of the schedule that can, you know, we can point to and be even more happy than today. But again, I kind of judge it, Andrew, by how many people we see show up and want to have banter about the game. Yep. And for 700, that was the most we've had since the Bengals opener, Mm -hmm. where it was right about the same amount. So you guys loved it, right? Out there listening. Uh, Hopefully you all are checking out this podcast. Love it. I mean, you know, Andrew and I just got off the postgame show. We wanted to do an opener where it's just us (laughs) kind of like yucking it up because I I do think some postgame shows come out rough because what happens or the game was boring or I think it's a really good one. So stick around and listen to it. But, you know, we just wanted to have a quick chat about like, the vibe around that game and what it meant and, and sort of the surrounding elements, because, you know, we, we have, we've gone through so many times being like the, the buzz stuff of change. The culture is mm-hmm. a thing that we talk about. How, yeah. when are they going to stop yeah. giving these same old Browns games away? That's it. And there were moments in the same old Browns type yeah. of results today. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, they I, dropped I mean, a punt in the fourth quarter. Oh man, that made me want to throw something. Gut punch. He Gut felt punch. horrible. Yeah. It's back in Baltimore where he wants to play well. Mm-hmm. So like that was a moment, right? And the holding calls and like I just I don't like to do the thing where you 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 pinpoint a moment because I think it's very dicey because the next week they could come out and hurt you, but like I I got to think that the 49ers game is where they started to believe. Yeah. And this is a moment where they can really buy in and be all in about this is a seven and two Ravens team with real Super Bowl aspirations here. And we just went into their house and beat them despite all the wrong mistakes we made along the way. Like you have to eventually, like the Browns have to eventually realize they're talented enough to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. And at some moment it eventually happens. And maybe that was today, Andrew. Yeah. I mean, they're three and one over the last four or four and one, right? They're four and one. Yeah. They were a, they were a two and two football team and now they're six and three. So they're four and one in their last five. And, it's and exciting. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the point about belief is exactly right. And I, as I said at the beginning, I think they've earned that when we sit down next Sunday, there's no, oh, I don't feel good about this one. Or I think this is going to, they're not going to show up they're, They've proven that that's not a thing they do. I think they've proven it. And I, th- to me, that's, you know, if you have the talent that this team has and the, the want to that they have, then if you're in every game, now you're just counting on a few bounces of the ball. And that's how the NFL goes for a lot of teams. So I, I think 
I think this guy's the limit for this team right now. I really do. And I, I think this is considering if, if I went back to mid August and I told you the facts of how the Brown season has unfolded without t- telling you the record, if I told you they're six and three after this game, be, you, you, be elated. You, yeah, yeah, you would absolutely lose your mind. I would, man. And that's why you guys should kind of be getting into the mode of losing your mind about the possibilities, real possibilities that's about right. where this can go. So mm-hmm. all around really exciting. We have fit check with Kelby coming up. We have the show, the entire collective show, which I will try to, uh, to, to, to tighten up a little bit and edit up a little bit, but I think it's really one of our better ones. Yeah. as in it'll be our group so that, that we put out. So we'll get to those. It's got the feeling, you know, yeah. it's got the feeling of a win. It's yeah. a celebration. So it let is. yourself celebrate, you know, let it roll on a Monday morning. You're in your office, you know, whatever, yeah. let it roll. Go, Just go, revel in it. Go knock on your boss's door, show him your victory Monday mug, that kind of fun exactly. stuff. Yeah. Get out there and have yep. some fun. Right. So thanks to Andrew. Appreciate you, buddy. Always a pleasure. This is, I mean, it doesn't get any better than this, Jake. Doesn't get any better. So um, maybe it will. If you're I, a was, check I, fan. I know I had the exact same thought. If you're a Fit Check fan, <laughs> stick around. You might enjoy this one. We'll be right back. Word from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful, guys. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and concerts near you. You can find them last minute with killer deals, and their best price guarantee helps you stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you've had. So why would you go Game Time? They have flash deals, last-minute tickets. They're easy to find. Buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, specifically those Cleveland Browns. You get great images of the seats view 
which is awesome when you're trying to figure out how the stadium is going to look when you're trying to find that right ticket for the right price. And they have that low price guarantee and event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all of the stuff to help you protect your money, right? It's the fastest growing ticket app for a reason in the country. You get images of your seats, like I said, before you buy them. You buy tickets in a matter of seconds, and they're sent directly to your phone. All right? So you never have to go digging through your email to find something last second. It is always there. You can put them in your wallet app and make sure to have them up and ready to go. It's important to know you can download that GameTime app, which makes it extremely easy, very intuitive, very fast way to buy those tickets. Create an account and use the promo code OBR for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Again, create that account, redeem the code OBR for $20 off. You can do so at GameTime.co. It is not .com, it is GameTime.co, but I would suggest downloading that app, taking advantage of the $20 off coupon using the promo code OBR. Download GameTime today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, coming at you live, Fit Check. We have week 10. Big game, big win. I know you're excited to be here, Kelby. What's up? What's happening? Hi, thanks for having me. Okay, very formal here on the podcast today. <laughs> so, all right, we are going to look at some Sunday fits, and, and I've got to say they traveled really well in this one. It starts with JOK participating in the um, 2023, what is it, the Heritage Program, which is really cool for Africa. He's representing Ghana. He's been doing this all year, uh, taking it back to his roots here. And, I mean, as far as the fits go for the Heritage, this thing is – like it's a copper? Like is that the color? It is unbelievable. Mm, I guess it kind of does look like the color of a penny, doesn't it? Yeah, it's got a copper tinge going on. He's got it all done up and around and it's wearing the thing on the front. I don't know how to describe any of this other than you just have to see it. Yeah. It looks like pleather maybe a little bit. I like his accessories and the pop of color. The shoes look nice and woven. Those gaiters? <laughs> I hope not. I think they're awesome. All right, what's your grade on this? This is one of his better ones. Eight out of ten. Yeah, tough grader. I feel like that's a ten for me, but my opinion means I need, nothing. I need somebody to tell me more about the Heritage Program. Right, please. Well, if any of Jake's followers know more, please. I, think, I don't think it's really changing the fits. The I fits know, but I just fits. want to know more so I can understand it better. Okay, well, we can probably Google that. But nonetheless, I think the fits have been pretty clean. Yes, he's doing a great job. Rough. Okay, 9 out of 10. I'm not asking you to change. You gave your grade. I'm just saying it's a little rough. Next is uh, Zadarius, who is rocking. Listen, that is a Louis Vuitton jacket. Looks comfortable. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's he's pulling that thing off with the white pants. You like that fit? Yeah, I do like that fit. It's like clean and simple. I like that blue is very in right now, so that I like it. so comfortable. Yeah, it does look nice and comfy. Um, pants are a little tight, but that's fine too, I guess the style it looks like a little sailor yeah yeah i get the same yeah. vibe i like it mm -hmm. good look all around yeah Graydon. 10 out of 10 love it darius has been killing it Juan thornhill up next with a he's pairing the color between the jacket and the shoes so i'll let you describe the jacket but the the outfit underneath it is just a black tee and black pants but boy is that a, it's a clean look yeah it's very clean i mean it's like a bomber jacket it's got all sorts of different patterns on it i don't know what the brand is of course because I don't know anything, but it's like very streetwear. You know, I love a pop of color. The shoes just tie in. Ten out of ten from Juan. All right, we're at eight to an eight and two ten. So I we're gave off him to a, a great nine. start. Or you jumped it to a nine. I guess this is my favorite one of the week. Dalvin Tomlinson coming in ready for business. Listen, I'm not sure that bottom button is closing on Dalvin's <laughs> jacket. He's a big fella, and he does every part of what he's supposed to do with the body type. But that 
green, you know that that is that Kelly green. Um, no, that's too dark. That's forest green, right? Yeah. It's a suit. It's got. It's it's a like a hunter green. Yeah, that that is a phenomenal look. With I think he's got a little purple uh, lapel in yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, that's it's, a great one. What's his position? He's a defensive tackle, so okay. he's one of the big guys meeting other big yeah, guys. Yeah, so he's doing it right. He's, he needs to do it like the rest of them do it. They all have money to make customized suits anyway. He got paid. He's got plenty of money. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good look. Yeah, that's an eleven out of ten. Yeah, I, I far I'd buy that myself. Uh, all right, Denzel comes in. I mean, well, go ahead and describe. He's got he's got some real nice neckwear going on there. Yeah, he does have some layered um, necklaces that cost more than my house. Yeah, each. Um, each. He's got a little. We call them toboggans in our house, but he has a beanie on. It's like a Spider Man beanie. Yeah, Spider Man beanie. Maybe Venom because it's black and white. Mm, maybe. I like that sweater. The sweater. I thought it uh, maybe said state. For some reason, did he go to Ohio he State? Did go to Ohio State. Yeah, I thought maybe it was an Ohio State one, um, but it's not. Uh, it's but designer. it's like a yeah, it's definitely designer. But it's a nice little um, sweater. I like it. I'd wear it. Yeah. Probably cashmere. Got the black offset underneath, mm-hmm. right? He doesn't have. What's he got? Air AirPods? No, they're not even AirPods. He has earbuds with the strings on them. Some people don't like. They feel like they lose the earbuds. Mm. You, you could attest to me losing them all around the house. That's so. true. Uh, keep keep the uh, simple approach and keep it attached to your phone. But he's probably has 17 different sets of headphones. Yeah. So If our friend Joe Schaefer could figure out where this sweater is from, yeah. that would be cool. Joe updates us all the time with where the stuff comes from. Shout out to Joe. Deshaun comes wait, in. Wait, wait, wait. What's nine, up? Nine out of ten. Oh, nine out of ten. All right. Nine out of ten. Strong grade so far. Deshaun is wearing like a black um, – I don't think – you could you do better. I, I try my best. I mean, it's just like a fitted – jacket everybody's wearing jackets today i guess the weather is permitting for it but um i don't know how to describe it either but i give him a six out of ten it's very bland it doesn't look like it fits him very well i know that that's should the shirt be longer than the coat you've been a tough grader on deshaun i will say he's got he's got expensive taste though he has a lot of money something that Maybe my grandma, rest in peace, who didn't know how to sew that well, made for us. That's probably like a a five-figure jacket. Yeah, I'm sure, but it just doesn't look like it fits that well. Okay. And it's boring. Right on. Speaking of boring, whatever we have going on from Grant Delpit here, he he's got some some interesting decisions. Uh, It's it's like a '66 with a pocket. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could put like mini flashlight in there, a pocket knife. Like I've never seen anything quite like that shirt, with the combination of weird pockets on the shoulders, with the numbers on it, with with jean shorts that are. You call I, those jorts. Those are jorts, but they're long. They I, are so long. I, I would go low on this one. I think it's a really bad grade for me. But you, you're the official fit checker, so what do you think? Yeah, I'm giving him a three out of ten. Yeah. Not great, Grant. You can do better than that. I always respect him for taking risks, but he's a risk. He's the riskiest guy. Now that yep. we we've lost Donovan, uh, pour one out for our friend in Detroit. Mm. We should probably, out of respect, look up Donovan's fits anyway, right? And see yeah. see how he's doing. Uh, next to Miles, who I think Miles gets dressed. I think somebody puts out his outfits. I would have to think so. He's wearing like a leather jacket. I'm not sure how you would describe that color. It's a very interesting color. I think this is a really good look though, with like the black pants going on with it. Like, yeah, it's a leather. It looks like it's Prada, actually. Ooh, I knew one. Um, 
and it's camel colored. Camel. That's what I we would, would never call have that. Arrived at that. The trousers are great. I love the trousers. They're like a tweed black. Um, nice and fitted. I think those are cool. I just don't vibe well with these like jackets that are like midriff. Yeah, they're very short. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like longer, but you know, what'd you say about Miles before the Miles doesn't wear cl- no. Yeah, Miles doesn't wear clothes, clothes wear Miles. Miles. Yes. Yeah. So I mean it's not my favorite one of his, but you know I love him, so he gets an eight out of ten. It's a respect eight. Next up's David who's wearing another uh again, a very adventurous fit guy. He's wearing like a plaid suit here with a with a mock mm-hmm. turtleneck. And it's not a mock, that's a full on yeah, turtleneck. That's a full turtleneck. Is that also a camel turtleneck to go mm, with it? No, that's more of like a oatmeal. An oatmeal. All right. The nice necklace to go with it. I, I'd have to say locking in a pretty good score. I mean, I feel like it's a good look. The sunglasses are what completes the look for him. The aviators, I think he's rocking here. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, he always does a really good job and shows up nice and clean. He gets a 10 out of 10. That's a 10. All right. Didn't know if we get that. Last one we have on the actual Instagram post is Tony Fields is wearing camo pants, which is an interesting pair as we, we were researching mid you know, mid show here for what do you, like the, the lions don't even put the fits on their store. It's they had a couple, they don't have, they don't have the respect that, that Donovan deserves. I'm sure he was dressed to impress. Um, a, a sweater here, a zip up coat. Maybe it's a coat. Yeah. It's a jacket. It's of the second and you know, it's of, of Michael Jordan, the second best player of all time. And then Kobe Bryant, uh, also paired there as well. Two, two NBA all time greats. I like it. It's it's a very adventurous sweater choice, but I don't think that the sweater pairs with the pants very well. See, I don't normally like camo, but I think that this is great. Like, I this no makes clue. me I, want I, to go buy camouflage pants. I have no clue what you like and don't I'm like. I'm not going to buy them, but... Why does that make you I don't want... know. I just think it looks so good. All right. It's like, it's just streetwear, and he's rocking it. He's got, like, I don't even know how to explain it, but I love the MJ and Kobe jacket the camouflage looks cool i would look like what would you grade that i give him a nine out of ten i have no clue what to expect with your grading well it's it's so inconsistent all right next is well actually it's our final one it comes from the actual instagram story i think it's mike ford who had a nice little game today came up with an interception he's wearing like a blue suit Uh, actually there's two more elijah moore is in the story he's not in the actual um uh, post but he's wearing like so mike ford's wearing a blue suit like half blue half black with a with a stripe on the short it's a really good look go ahead and describe that one yeah i mean it's nice and fitted he's got it's like a cobalt blue um and then like a half like charcoal grayish black um on the other side with some blue um what do they call those pants now i can't think of what they are but they're nice and fitted too. Ankle cleavage. No, I know. Yeah, the ankle cleavage is out. What do we think? I don't remember what they call them. Now I sound stupid. But the shoes match too. This is also an eleven out of ten. I don't it's even know who fit. this guy is. I like the chains. Is. He's a defensive back. Had a nice game. All right, and then last is again comfortable with like everyone's wearing J's. So you get. I mean, this is like something he would probably rock to class in college mm-hmm. back at Ole Miss for, yeah. for Elijah here. He's wearing a little trucker hat with a. Uh, go ahead. I mean. Yeah, what he's just the, got some white jeans with some chains on. His very J's. Vans, like it says, like it says, yeah, Vans, like the whole thing mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, because he's the he's got like a teal, just like zip up jacket on. I don't know what the brand is on the sleeve, um, and then it's just got like a little bit of yellow and black checkered pocket on it. But I mean, it's clean. I like it. 
Notice the headphones again. Yeah, what's up with that? Yeah, players must not be AirPod friendly. I guess not. All right. Um, I give them a 7 out of 10. Pretty strong day of fits on the road. You get better fits at home is what I've realized because you got your home closet, yeah. all that stuff, less less travel. But as far as road fits go, taking that suit on the on the road for Dalvin, he's the fit of the week. I think we need to do a fit of the week, and Dalvin's my vote for fit of the week. What's your fit of the week? Mm, I don't know. I really like – what's that guy's Mike name? Mike Ford. You yeah. like that blue? The blue, the cobalt blue, as yeah. you said. I like his – but I also really liked Wands. That's very much my style. Yeah, that bomber jacket was mm-hmm. nice. Who you picking? Ooh, bomber jacket. Yeah. You said it. Yeah. Um, I think I pick Juan for my outfit of the week. All right, so one, we get a suit. One, we get a more relaxed street yeah. fit. That's the balance. The Browns took care of business. We're going to get over with the post-game show now, which I think, again, one of our better post-game shows we've ever done. So uh, check that out. Hang around if you want to see that. Maybe if you haven't, you know, you didn't come by live for the show, I think it's worth your time. But Otherwise, Kelb, we always appreciate your fit check insights, and hopefully we'll catch you with a Steelers home game coming up. We'll get some really good ones for that one. Thank you for having me. All right, over to the postgame show right now. Oh, hey, didn't see you there. Was just celebrating a little bit. Welcome on into the Game Day Rewind. On a Game Day Rewind, when we're going to talk about when the Cleveland Browns took down the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore today, on a last-second field goal by Dustin Hopkins, the Cleveland Browns in a humongous victory for, I don't think just for this week, and I don't think just for the perception of this season, but potentially for the perception of this team moving forward, the way the Cleveland Browns won today, we're, we're here to party. We're here to party. We're here to celebrate. We're here to talk about the game. We're here to talk about some things that need to get cleaned up still, but we're here to celebrate this game. I'm your host, Michael Keefe. Joining me, on the show tonight, we should have some other guys jumping in as we go along. But right now, it's just me and the one and only find him online, Ward on Sports, Brad Ward. Brad, it's a party today. It's a party. Today's a party. This week's a party. Life is a party. Unreal. Unreal game. Just absolutely unbelievable. Like, I mean, I was in shock. Uh, listen, this was really, it was special. It was a special game. Uh, it was a, uh, Andrew's here. Oh, we can bring him in. I, I was going to give him like an intro, but I guess he doesn't need an intro. Everybody knows him. Hey, it's Andrew yeah. Spade. Hey. We keep going, Brad, and then we'll let, we'll let Andrew talk. Listen, uh, there was – this team uh, had everything stacked against them today. No tackles. They lost Denzel Ward. They uh, had four third downs, uh, you know, stops negated by very iffy penalties – uh, they were in, uh, you know, Baltimore. They uh, muffed a punt after a huge stop. Uh, got two of those stops negated. Everything that could have gone wrong went wrong, and they did not flinch once. They were down 14 in the fourth quarter after battling back and get, kept getting pushed away, and everything kept, they did not flinch. Down 14. They made the drives they made to have. They made the plays they made to have. I mean, it was incredible. I mean, this is what makes this team special, right? This is what makes this team so likable is that they make these plays. They come together as a team uh, in these huge moments. Uh, It was just, I mean, this is like a culmination of what this whole season kind of has been today. Uh, Just a really special win, one that I won't forget for a long time. Uh, you know, Stefanski, uh, you know, 
I think you said it, uh, Andrew, I don't want to steal your words, but like a, a, uh, a staple win for Stefanski and, um, I don't know if that's the verbiage you used, but oh, uh, I mean, I would argue that it's the signature win of his career. Yes, uh, there you go. Signature. I mean, I, a lot of and a lot of people when I said that said the playoff game, but the Steelers handed them that game. The, yes. the Browns tried to hand this game to the Ravens, and they still won it. So, to me, from a overcoming adversity standpoint, from a keeping the team cohesive and believing even when things were really stacking up against them through some of their own mistakes. Some of just how good the Ravens are as a team, some of the officiating, they still persisted. I, I, that, from that perspective, to me, the adversity that they overcame to win this game, you know, being down 14 in the fourth quarter on the road in Baltimore against the seven and two football team, that to I mean, I know that the Pittsburgh win is more meaningful for the city, right? Because it's a playoff win, et cetera, et cetera. But there was no fans in that, you know, stadium. Um, like I said, the, the Steelers just couldn't stop turning the ball over. I, you know, I, it's not, and there wasn't the a Kevin fun. Stefanski in that. Yeah, right. He was his in the signature yeah, win. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yes. Whereas this had his fingerprints all over it, in my mind. The, the way that yeah. he found answers on drives when they needed to have answers, the, the, you know, the plays that he dialed up in meaningful moments. I mean, I'm doing this on the fly, but I would be hard pressed to think of a time where they had a had to have it moment where they, the play call, you were like, what the, you know, what was that? Yeah. I think they, they were nine of 18 on third and fourth down against Baltimore in Baltimore. That's, I, I mean, it's tremendous. It's absolutely tremendous what they accomplished today. There's, there's really no other way to say it. And I think the players, the coach, the general, I mean, the whole organization deserves a, a gigantic uh, amount of congratulations because this 100%. is, this is just not a, a game that a lot of teams win. I, there was a stat in our Slack about they were trailing for 59 minutes and 20 seconds of a game. Yep. And they won. It's the first time that's happened this millennium, right? So, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there. I mean, w- this show could be an hour of us just taking turns gushing about how cool this is. I'm in yeah. for that. I'm in for that. Uh, <laughs> by the way, that Andrew just introduced himself to you guys. Andrew Spade has joined the party, and look who else has joined the party. It's Jake Burns. Follow those guys on Twitter. Jake, man. Uh, we're just, it's, it's like an opening gush fest right here. It's an opening gush fest. Uh, why don't you just continue the trend, man? How you feeling? Well, I was pretty disgusted with their effort for, I'm just kidding. It's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was great. It was great. Yeah. Like you remember that one throw on second and 10 yeah, early man. in the game. Awful. They called a cover three beater and an obvious. <laughs> yeah. So listen, you guys have already laid it out pretty well. I was a couple minutes late. I, I, I think that like they, this was one of those games uh, kind of thinking back to like, you know, Pittsburgh was kind of one of them early in the year. And then I think the Seattle one's another one that we all experience where it's like the ebb and flow stuff is what the Colts game too. This is what, I don't know, maybe the fourth game like this, where I kept, I kept looking at the clock in the fourth quarter before the Newsom interception. And I'm like, there's like 10 minutes of football left. This is crazy. It just a lot, yes. a lot of things transpiring in a, mm-hmm. in a game where you, you compact like, three different games of wild things happening into one. And uh, I, I'm sure I'm just like everybody else out there. I, I couldn't believe they had an opportunity to win it. It felt like every time they'd go up, they'd go down. It's a punt return drop. It's a uh, holding in the end zone, uh, you know, on a, on, on defensive side. And like, it just felt like every time they'd get up, they'd shoot themselves. And I thought that the quote from, from Hopkins about being an arsonist and then being able to put out his own fire was so funny. <laughs> Because it was like the 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 whole day was encapsulated in one moment there where you get the the wild return of the Newsom interception and then you miss the PAT and you're like, I know that's gonna hurt. It's gonna haunt us. And then it didn't. And like 
you know, you don't want to say the quiet things out loud right now, which is you you kind of feel like they're believing they can do these things in a way that we've been talking about for years, like years of like, can they just figure out how to win these games? And they're kind of doing it right in front of our eyes. And yep. and I think that, you know, some things you can control and some things you can't, the San Francisco game, a miss kick, the officiating at the end of the Colts game, but eventually those things have to like work out for you and, and you just do enough putting yourself in a good position. And then you start to believe that the things will work out in your favor and you get a really incredible performance from the quarterback in the second half and anything can happen. And, and the biggest thing I'll say before I shut up is like the Browns need to, I think that we've talked about this a lot. At least I know Andrew and I have talked about a lot of like the belief in Deshaun Watson from the team perspective mm. and himself, his own perspective. And today goes so far in that, like, I'm sure Deshaun, he's, he's talking to his people. It's like this This felt like the most I'm back game I've had. This yes. felt like a lot of the Houston games that I've played where he controlled the second half in, in a really, uh, really fun way. Like the fourth quarter, I think Lamar was one for five for like 12 yards and an interception. Watson was eight for eight for 88 yards and a touchdown. So like that's it. that is – that's like what you want. I know we're, we were all kind of like – fighting with our nails and reaching out and trying to grab a hold of any moment that can get you to the point of justifying the trade and the contract. Well, today was a little bit of that, right? A, a big bit of that. And yeah, oh yeah. that is what is really neat about today. Because again, I know we talked about the Arizona game. What do we want to come out of it? Like we wanted Watson to feel like he was back and he had those moments, but to get a game where Watson controls the second half in a very unique way, uh, doing a lot of the old school things that we all liked about when we, you know, when the when the player was traded here, on top of the defense rising up and meeting several of the moments, and then them overcoming. Like, I'm just not sure you're going to find a more thorough and satisfying Cleveland Browns win unless they win some real meaningful games at the at the end of the season, right? Like that is as, as far as regular season games go. I don't think we're going to find one much better than that. So, uh, yeah, that that's special stuff, and I'm sure we are all just. I, again, I wish yeah. we had all the cameras on all the people with the with the kick because that was just a really cool moment, a really cool moment of like this. I wish okay. I had cameras on all, all four right. of us. Right, yeah, right I wish I had cameras on all four of us because I went crazy. Yep. <laughs> I went crazy. And you know what? I watched the game. I, I figured out something I kind of hated. When you stream games, right? Like a lot of times I'm watching on like YouTube TV, it's delayed. It's and bad. so if you're watching on Twitter, you're going to find <clears throat> out what happened. Mm-hmm. Well, I, my, my mom invited me over for the game. I took the kids over there. We were watching over there. She's got straight old cable, just regular old normal cable. And that day is as live as it gets. And so normally in a big moment, I'll cheat. And I'll be like, I need to know what's going to happen. Will you really? I need to know what's going to happen. Oh, this is shocking. This is scandalous. I I can't do it tonight. I'm so mad. Anyone tips, picks, or anything like that. This is scandalous. I couldn't do it tonight. I couldn't. I had to watch it. I had to see it live. My heart was beating through my chest. I'll, I'll hey. admit, I, I watch YouTube TV with the NFL stat page up, and I know everything. I got my wife for like eight straight plays on like calling what was going to happen. Are you as shocked as I am? She, she, I she am like, shocked. Yeah. I can't. How can it. you watch a game like that? This is this is I hate, this has I hate a chance being... to destroy this entire show because I, we can spend the I, next hour talking about this. I, I, this is I just, an insane I love way to watch sports. I, I like I like knowing in real time. I like knowing the second the fans are in the stadium, no. What happened? Oh I like knowing. God, it, so. I can't. Imagine. I agree. I'm I with you. accidentally 100%. spoiled the Newsom pick six, and I was so mad at myself. And the people I was watching with were not super pleased about it either. I can't help it. <laughs> I I know that that information is sitting there, and I can't yes. not look at it. I can't. I've tried. Agreed. I can't. 
So that's so um, funny. Especially, I'm so tense. Like the moment, like the field goal today. I'm yeah. so tense. Yeah. I'm so nervous well, about what's going to happen. If I can find out sooner, just to get my is, emotions going, I'm yeah. fine. You'll yeah. like if you look at the NFL stat page, they'll like if something a penalty happens or something crazy where the guy typing up the result of the play has to spend a long time doing it. Like YouTube will run the play and I'll be like, all right, some penalty happened or some interception happened or something stupid. So it was like Hopkins was ready to kick the ball and he and I'm like, why have they not given us an answer on what is going on here? But I, you come to realize it was like the, the penalty had happened, uh, the 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 which is funny because Hopkins could have kicked it again, ironically, but like. Uh, yeah, that, that was a moment of like, I'm, this is me. Like, look at the TV, look at the TV. I'm, I'm, I'm like, what's going on here? Why do we not have an answer? <laughs> Did it go through or not? So yeah, really, really fun, man. Just a fun day of football. Boys, before we get into some more fun stuff, I do have to get into the chat here because you guys, uh, first of all, tons of people watching over on YouTube. You saw the post that I put up earlier. If you're watching on YouTube, smash the like button, make sure you are subscribed smash. to the channel. Uh, yeah, come on. Uh, if you're watching on Twitch, Check out, uh, check out the people that have been gifting subs over on Twitch. We got to call them all out real quick. Warpath, EJH, OG Philly, Pat Shea, Paul Spencer. Warpath then came back and did more. Matt Darcy did two rounds of gifted subs. E. Gillen did gifted subs. We've had gifted subs going off the charts. Uh, and so I just want to shout out everybody that jumped in and gifted subs on Twitch to, uh, to our, their fellow viewers and watchers. Appreciate you guys more than you, more than you'll ever know. Um, all right, boys, so let's walk through this thing. And, and I think, you know, it's real easy to start at the quarterback, and we're going to get to the quarterback because the what, what that man did in the second half of this game should have everybody feeling pretty darn good. But let's first start, and, and Andrew, you kind of got us off on this. This was my note. Let's start with Let's start with the coaching all the way around. Yep. Because for the second time this season, they went into a divisional opponent. For the second time this season, they got punched right in the mouth right from the start with a pick six that happened in the Steelers game. They went down 14 to nothing uh, and, and nothing was going right. They, they were, they were maybe getting into field goal range. They were kicking field goals while Baltimore was really threatening. And it just felt like this game was getting away time after time after time. But talk about boys, what you saw from Kevin Stefanski offensively and what you saw from the team defensively uh, that, that you really loved and that helped them get back into this game. Yeah. I think the, I think the first thing I want to talk about is the, the, you know, the, the Fox broadcast crew threw this up at a, a certain point, I think in the first half, you know, their, their home road splits this year, record wise uh, points allowed by the defense wise, yep. it's, it, you know, it, that was starting to feel like maybe it was going to be one of the narratives that we were going to walk out of this game with, right. If they were going to give up 30, 40 points and struggle to scores. It's like, okay, so we were one team at home and a different team on the road, a little bit of a Jekyll and Hyde situation. Um, but, you know, I, I think, you know, to me, the most meaningful thing from a coaching staff perspective is that, the as I said before, the, the play calling answers that Kevin Stefanski found reliably in third down situations, the, the I mean, and I think with a bullet, the number one thing is managing that final drive to take four plus minutes and, end the game on a kick that is yes. so hard to do in the NFL. It's, it's almost impossible to get that right. And I think we all had a thought during that drive. Uh, Justin Tucker's on the other sideline. If they, mm -hmm. if they yes. leave Lamar a minute with a timeout, we know how this story ends. We've seen that story. So I think, you know, I, there's a lot of different things that the coaching did today. And I think there were some sloppy things, right? There's a, there's a 12 man penalty on the special teams. Fun. 
uh, which is almost unfathomable. So I, I don't, you know, I, and I think Stefanski addressed it in his, his uh, victory speech afterwards. He said, you know, he said the guys are going to be in the building tomorrow because they got a lot to, to fix. So, and that's true on, on both the coaching staff and the players. They have a lot. I think, I guess what I would say is think about what the, what the score of this game would have been if the Browns didn't throw a pick six, drop a punt at the 10, commit all the crucial third down penalties that they, that, that they committed. Think about then what the result of this game would be. But, I, but I think yeah. from, a, from a positive perspective, managing the end of the game that way, not just that drive, but the drive before the 10 minute drive that ate up so much time and really kind of mm. dominated the, the Ravens defense. Kevin Stefanski as a play caller, as the designer of the offense, as the guy that has to have the answers deserves just an immense amount of credit for, for getting those things right. Because if he makes one mistake there, it's, it's the end of the Seahawks game again, where we're talking about running on, you know, not running on third and two when uh, PJ spikes it off the guy's helmet. Right. So that's, that to me is what I would highlight is, is when the chips were down, he outcoached John Harbaugh. And I think, we all saw during the game they put up Harbaugh's cartoonish record against the Browns. <laughs> um, that it's hard to do. It's hard to outcoach a guy like John Harbaugh, but Kevin Stefanski did it. Good, Red. Yeah, I was just gonna say that uh, I think that uh, as far as coaching goes, at some point, probably uh, it probably was after the uh, OBJ, even before that, probably uh, the OBJ touchdown, the defense figured this out sort of they um found themselves and got a pretty good grasp on what they were doing with the ravens and slowed them considerably to what we were seeing at the beginning of the game and i think once that happened and they started to really get after lamar and disrupt him uh it felt like they had a chance like but how long was the game going to last right and how many things were going to happen that they were going to have to overcome and that's where I'll just say, like, I won't get into the X's and O's, but I'll kind of repeat what I said earlier. It was a relentless pursuit of, of overcoming these things. Like, it was just a nonstop, relentless team effort to overcome no matter what happened. So if you think about the way the end of the first half ends, right? And then, and then, which is unfortunate, right? Um because you wanted to get points there. They come out, they score on OBJ. Then you go on a 10 play 17 or a uh, 10 minute 17 play drive. Um, and you get another stop, but they muff the punt. Right. And then you, you, you stop them inside their own 20 twice. Right. And, uh, those get called back on penalties and, and all just, they had to overcome so much, but nobody even gave an inch um and watson was spectacular in the second half making plays uh amari cooper is just a godsend like i don't know where the browns team would be without him he is just amazing uh when did you i don't know if anybody if you guys saw the video uh of amari i'm sure you saw it right of his instagram live in the locker room i mean how great what my house looked like by the way right mine too uh and, and it was just me uh yeah but <laughs> exactly the same yeah. uh but yeah and all the parts i mean that that stuff is unbelievable and so much fun uh but like yeah i mean this coaching staff the first of all schwartz deserves a lot of credit for figuring out a way to slow down lamar in this offense right besides that one slant which he got burn on 
they really slowed them down considerably in the second half, right? We gave up the ball in in bad spots, and the defense played really well and played physical. And um, and Stefanski was great play calling, but it was the difference was stuff like this. Like if you recall, I'll just point out one small instance, right? Um, like two games ago, Stefanski called. Uh, I think it was Deshaun's maybe first. Maybe it was earlier in the season. I don't know. It was a third down, but they called a a little out to on a third down to Ford like they did in this game, and he threw it in the dirt. And everybody was like, what a – well, he didn't throw it in the dirt this time, and it got the first down. And, and I just want to point out, just the smallest difference in the thing of the quarterback actually making the throw can make the play caller look so much better. Um, and I know that we kill the play caller all the time, but – Really, it was just the difference of a guy actually making a, an out, a proper throw to a guy, and he gets the first down, and he looks like a genius. And other other times, he was getting ripped for calling that, you know, three games ago. So, um, great play calling, but more than anything, like the buy-in from this team, the buy-in, the belief that they can come back from no matter what they're facing was just incredible, and something that makes me, uh, I just, I just love this team. Like I really like this team. I like the person. I do. I like the personality yeah. of this team. Like in like last year's team was hard to like, right? The infighting, all that stuff. This year's team is so easy to like. They're so easy to like. Yeah. Jake, to, to to Brad's point there, it felt like from an organizational this this makes it a little bit bigger about, than this week, but it felt like from an organizational perspective, there was a moment in this game. Maybe not one that you can point to, but but just certainly going into that second half. That, that they just decided they weren't going to be the same team anymore. They weren't going to do that. From the coaching to the players, the attitude in the second half was outrageous from the Cleveland Browns, both offensively and defensively. We keep getting comments here in, in, the, in the chat about that play on that, on that last drive leading up to the field goal where Jerome Ford was running in the entire offensive line. Basically, the entire team got behind him and shoved him downfield about 15 yards. Uh, the attitude from this team – it really felt like a, hey, we're not, we're not the same Browns. We're going to move forward, and, and we're we're changed. We're different now. It felt like that kind of a game happened in front of our eyes. Yeah, I th- I think when you look at it, uh, I'm sure it, it all happened so quickly in the second half. You guys would all agree with me that like the uh, twenty-four to nine scenario, right? You know, the the pretty quick touchdown that happens in the second half on that opening drive, where you know. If you think about where you went in at halftime, when I'm sure people were pretty upset, Hunter, thanks for that, man. Really, really yeah, kind of you. To shout say out that. to you, Hunter, man. And Bradley That's really runs cool. as well for for some nice comments there, guys. We really appreciate it. Um, oh yes. Like they go into half seventeen nine. I'm sure you guys like me were really excited at the moment that Mike Ford gets an intercept. Really sloppy Lamar Jackson game. Probably a discussion for another time. He did not play well, but Mm-mm. but um, you know you don't even kick you don't get a chance to kick that field goal so I think we're all pretty disgruntled because you know if you look at the first half fellas they had some drives two 10 play drives one sorry a 10 play 12 play drive that both resulted in just field goals short field goals getting down near the goal line you certainly saw where that Ravens defense which is the best red zone defense so far this year came into play right and then they get the blocked field goal which is so rare with Tucker to get that blocked field goal only get another field goal so it's still 17-9 you get that 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 swing because the block field goal happens with 112 and then the, the Ravens still, you know, get it back with enough time to go do a Justin Tucker thing we've seen too many times. And then 
you get an interception and then they don't end up kicking that 60 yard field goal. I haven't heard Kevin talk about that probably in the, in the pandemonium of that win. Maybe he hasn't answered it. I would like to know the thought process behind it because the wind was dead and Hopkins has made some deep kicks. So I, I kind of understand the angle, but I just would like to hear from the coach about what his thought process was. I understand. Both sides I think they did ask him about that. Okay. We'll, we'll try to get that answer at some point, but nonetheless, like, then you come out of halftime, a score down, still in the game, and it's 24-9. And I'm sure most of you thought, like I did, the offense can't seem to get touchdowns inside the red zone. They can't, like, can they muster up 24-9? they got to score, you know, th- essentially two times plus a little bit here. You know the Ravens aren't done scoring. So I think that, like, that 17-play drive at the 12-29 mark, Walter, wow. Thanks, man. Like uh, the, the 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 seventeen for the Tillman hit Tillman block for the Tillman hit. Hold on, put that up. Oh, yeah, I did. I think we same timed it. But anyway, so that seventeen play drive, which goes eighty yards, which was not really aided by anything crazy. They just made a really nice collective drive. Then they score, and you're like, okay, now we figure out we can we can do this, right? They they unfortunately deal with the muffed punt when they had gotten a chance to get it back, right? and actually score because I think that got it, what, to 24-17? And then it was like, all right, we got a chance. The muff punt was another opportunity where I'm sure you guys also thought like I did. That may have just shut the coffin on this game. And then inside of that, guys, is another defensive holding, right? It, It cost them a chance to get off the field early. So then they score again, and it's like they go down and go six plays, 56 yards. Like those two drives, you're talking about the moment, Mike, where you start to believe like those two drives are the two moments in the game where I love our old friend, Andy, like not the same old Browns. Like those two drives are the difference in old Browns versions versus this Browns version where they, where they said, yeah, we've been sloppy in the first half. We had, I'm counting them up here, guys. One, two, three, four. They had seven first half possessions that only resulted in nine points. They had three second half possessions that resulted and, and touchdown, touchdown field goal on top of the Newsom touchdown. So, like, it's pretty remarkable. Those are the moments that you look at, like, where did it shift? Well, they came out of the locker room, and although that was a really tough throw and catch, I didn't think Ford's coverage was bad on that OBJ play. Just a great throw, catch, and run. Yeah. Like, they bounced back in a huge way. And I think that that's the moment where you look at, like, oh, where did they figure this out? Like that is the exact time and place that it happens to me. Like you can just feel the tide shift. And I'm sure you guys like me when that, like you could feel the, like the stadium was shrinking and how many times have we watched games where the Browns have felt like the game is shrinking around that you could feel Lamar and the group in Baltimore was really tense. They were really tense yes. Yes. and they did essentially nothing in the fourth quarter. So that's the moment, man. Like again, you talk about things to overcome. We already talked about the muff buttons and stuff like the Browns had four plays of illegal contact or defensive holding that were all crucial. A fourth and two in the second quarter, they had a defensive holding that resulted in a chance to kick a field goal that was ultimately blocked. In the fourth quarter, they had a third and nine incompletion, uh, but it ultimately led to getting another chance that they got another one in the end zone for another holding that ended up resulting in a touchdown. And then there was an illegal contact in the first quarter on an incomplete pass on the 30 yep. 10. Those were all back breaking penalties that I'm sure as the game were on, I can't say enough again, how many times I felt like this is a moment where it just fades. And they said, you know, politely guys, F it. That's not going to happen here. That's and, right. And found resilient. And they made their share of mistakes. You guys talked about the 12 men on the field stuff. You talk about a muff punt specials didn't help. I know Brad, we talked about keys of the game. It was like, who's going to make the least amount of mistakes and who's going to, 
you know, not turn the football. They didn't win those battles, right? No. I mean, like they didn't win the mistake battle here. They just they just made it. more winning plays to offset the losing plays that they made. And yeah, that's really cool to have a group talented enough to make a lot of winning plays. Hey, I want to give a shout out to Hunter here on the screen. Yeah. Apparently, we're apparently we're tipping blocks in the chat. We had Which the, is great. the said Tillman. So, uh, Kyle Van Noy did a bounty didn't know. gate going on in here. We better be careful before we know it. Uh, Kyle Van Noy didn't know where the, the hell he was when said Tillman hit him, and then he got up so mad ab- about the block that he went and committed a personal foul. That was one that of my favorite moments. I will game. say the Browns were more physical today. Like if you look across the board, I thought no they doubt. were clearly yep. the more physical team. Which like think about the way David Njoku played this game. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. outrageous, outrageously. Yeah, no, and, the, and they I ran mean, the ball. Like I don't even know if we've hit on team stats, but like. The Browns ran for 178 yards. They had the football 10 minutes more than the Ravens. They had three possessions in the second half and had 10 minutes more of possession for the game. Like that stuff is kind of crazy, man. You know, like, yeah. Hey, real, real quick on the uh, end of the half stuff. So Stefanski said that he saw a returner when they asked him about why he didn't kick it with this. He said he saw a returner back and he didn't feel right. Good about it about the situation, so he got the kicker off the field. Yeah. Um, my question there is, and I don't know what you guys think. Wh- okay, you send Deshaun to the locker room when you make this decision, Was that right? Deshaun's choice? Did the trainers take him? I feel like that's like... Yeah, I think I, it was... I have some questions about that. Like, Yeah, like I think he was there. like, oh, they're kicking it, we're yeah. going. I don't know whose call right. it was, but either way, it was bad timing. My question, though, would be with seven seconds, do you is it necessary to go Hail Mary? Why not just run like you had a timeout? Why not try to get 10 yards there and kick it, it was from fourth there? and 10, if I recall? Right. It was fourth down. Well, well you got to you got to get no... first. You got to get first down. But and you have I mean, a timeout. I think, I think, you don't get the first Kevin... down there like you're giving the Ravens a chance at like. They're still. They could still turn around. Like you say, you throw an incomplete pass Wait, there. They're gonna throw a hail mary with two seconds from the opposite yeah. forty. I mean, that's what you're afraid of. Yeah, or Justin Tucker. Yeah, I, I don't know. He's I mean, not gonna make it a ninety-yard field goal. So I wouldn't put it past him. You don't a know a ninety-yarder. We're we're, you we're giving a ninety-yarder. Sort of a modern-day Paul Bunyan. No, I think, but I think to go with Kevin's answer, he was playing it safe. Hopkins isn't so. known for distance kicking either. I mean, he's a, he's a bad over fifty kicker through his career. I I don't. I, I personally was a little surprised they didn't kick it. I, I just, I was not yeah. like, stepping back away from it. I'm like, okay, I kind of understand where Kevin's like, these things could go wrong. We got yeah. a chance. We'll just chuck it into the end zone, see what happens. We'll go in down one score instead of like, we've seen all of these things go wrong. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's not, yeah. it was interesting in the moment. I, I, I'm certainly like, you know, a lot of furled eyebrows. I'm sure everybody kind of did, but I just don't know that it was as, uh, as cut and dry as we hoped it would be. Cause like, I'm trying to look at, so he the forty two. So if you throw an incomplete pass, like yeah, that's that's not it's not. I mean, I guess like the Ravens could could essentially uh, turn around, and throw their own hail mary or something. I, I don't know. It's 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 a weird spot in the field. It's a weird spot. The whole thing yeah. that to, to, to make. I that. Get, but I think sometimes I, get, we, I think we're talking about like a sixty yard field goal. Like we're at this point in life in the NFL where we're talking about sixty yarders. Like yeah, try your kicker out there. But like it's not normal to see kickers out there blasting sixty yard field goals. Well, the this opposite forty isn't too. a sixty yard field goal. That's do you like get, an eighty yard field goal. Do you get the ball not, from? That's not what I meant. Do you I get the ball from where it was kicked kick it. if it's uh, flipped around? Yes. Where so they if, held it at? Yeah. Yes. So if they held it at the fifty, Tucker can certainly make a sixty-seven yarder. 
Yeah, I feel like this okay. is definitely it's... like the forest for the trees here, guys. Yeah, like, I don't know. I'm I, just thinking yeah. out loud. It's good. Well, I, I think, no, I hear you, but I, I like, this is interesting. Yeah, I, I think I, I mean, I personally had no problem with what they decided to do. Like, it didn't. Oh, I, I didn't don't either. It didn't bother me at all because I thought that yeah, the downside of the kick and you know, there's the block possibility, right? The Browns had yeah. already blocked one, so you, yep. you've got that running through your head. I think you're just trying to remove negative outcomes, and, sure. and they yeah, did. this is all so. stuff that they talked to on the headset about that. Decision. Yeah, so it's yeah. an interesting so, thing to I, think about. Yeah, I, I, I'm not saying it's not an interesting conversation, but I just think that uh, it, you know, I did not see us having this long of a conversation exactly. on this that's tonight. Right. I did yeah, not see yeah. this happening. I mean, I think guys, it was one of the decisions that don't people want to have hated the most you, from the game. Right. I, I, th- I think that it's oh, okay. Sorry. You guys, all right. So listen, you guys are trying to reel it in. You don't want to talk about it. That's fine. We can move on. There's other like stuff topic. to talk about. There's better can we, stuff. Though? To can talk we about. actually move on though? Yes. Hey, listen. A lot of times in the show, we we kind of go through the game as it went down, offensively, defensively. I think today's game was all about moments, though, man. There were so many moments to talk about in this game that it's hard to break it down. Just offense, defense, special teams, all that. We will take a minute though, and, and you and you got to start. And and I think. Maybe you're going to call it an entire half a moment, but Deshaun Watson had a moment in this game tonight. Deshaun Watson had a turning point. Deshaun Watson went 14 for 14 in the second half, did not throw an incomplete pass. And not just that, but he looked sharp. He was putting the ball in good spots. And Jake, I know we had a conversation about Deshaun Watson last week when he was running for first downs against Arizona, and you want him to kind of stay out of harm's way. You still want to see that a little bit, but in a game as big as this one, the plays that Deshaun Watson made with his legs, uh, constantly being able to pick up first downs, and he took a couple hits. But, man, what he was able to do both with his arm and his legs in that second half were I, I, such a big reason for the Cleveland did, Browns to win this game. I just wanted to ask this question to you guys about this real quick. Uh, did you guys realize that he was, like, you know, perfect? No. Through... Like in the moment? Yeah. Yes. You did, yeah. I mean, because he, yeah. I mean, it, I was, I was shocked. I mean, <laughs> after the first half, the thing that blew my mind was that we weren't seeing any negative plays, right? So whether you're talking about an incompletion or a turnover or whatever, what what I kept coming back to was, oh, there he go. You know, he's got it again. And and I, I mean, really, the offense in general. I think to Jake's point about possessing the ball only three times in the second half and scoring on all three drives, they they were incredibly efficient, right? Like. I I think we eventually will have the ability to break this out. I would love to know their EPA splits first half and second half because yeah. their EPA second half was probably about as good as an NFL team can be. Yeah, I, I did not. I guess maybe I was just focused on the offense more, but I did not realize that until they said it that he was like, whatever, 12 for 12 in the moment. I can't, I can't say I was like, no, I didn't. I mean, thinking back on it, I noticed it now that they were really, really, really clean, right? Yeah. I don't yeah. know that I definitely uh, knew it in the moment, but that's it's because I have two kids running around during the game. It's an absolute jungle gym <laughs> of a situation. So I, I, yeah. I, but yeah, that's, you know, you think back on it, long drives, those are good plays, right? So, yeah. um, you know, you got to stay in front of the stick. So yeah, good stuff. Uh, I don't remember what the original question was, but his legs, right? The ankle, I don't, I, the ankle. Just, was, just, just his play. Yeah, I mean, let's yeah. just talk about Deshaun. It seemed like he navigated the tackles well. I think that you guys, like me, are probably we need to to watch it again to see what they did to help those tackles out, or if Ron Christian played really well, or you know Hudson had some sloppy moments. But uh, I thought he navigated it well as far as Deshaun getting up and getting out of the pocket. I don't think he made any great scramble throws off the top of my head. I thought most of the throws he made were within structure, but I do think he ran really well to keep plays alive and and did a great job 
uh, picking up some first downs with his legs. So it was gutty. He hurt the ankle uh, relatively early there. So, yeah, the, the, the added element of Deshaun being the old guy who gets out and around and gets out of uh, gets out of situations and, and creates extended plays with his feet to turn into either throws or runs is like exactly what you want out of it. I mean, that's the version you need of him, right, if he's going to be himself. So, uh, yeah, really huge stuff from him. And and I need to rewatch the first half to see if it was as ugly as we thought. It's always hard because you know, the TV camera zooms so close in on the line of scrimmage when the ball snapped. You can't see if anybody's actually open, but – but uh, yeah, they, they they I'd love to know what like I think a good talking point that we can all get into this week is what did they do differently between the first and second half to create those opportunities, right? You know, Andrew's making a good point there about EPA. Like, what did they do differently that didn't juiced up that EPA? Because seventeen plays straight, ten plays straight, those are those are big boy drives, man. I, so that's I thought that's cool. I thought this this is kind of my point of why I didn't notice it, and maybe you guys. Didn't and I thought Deshaun was really effective. Obviously, the play that I will remember the most from Deshaun was him the last run play where he breaks the tackle and mm-hmm. goes down the sideline and gets into field goal range. I, that was probably like the best play I thought he made all day. But um, he made some good throws and stuff. But a lot of it was really, I mean, none of the none of it was like down the field. It was all very underneath, think and dunk, and it was effective and it was working. But I thought the difference in the second half was that the run game was getting chunks at a time with Ford. And maybe that's why I didn't notice the the 14 for 14 in the moment because I thought they were running the ball so well. Well, and that segues into the next – that segues into getting into the next point, which is uh, this this may have been as good as the Browns' run game has looked all season. Uh, it wasn't, you know, we've talked a lot about them being boomer bust potential in the run game. Uh, we've talked about big runs, but then two-yard average for the remainder of the game, like we saw in, I believe, the Colts game. Uh, we've talked a lot about that. That's not how the Browns' run game went tonight. They were really good running the football tonight. I think Jerome Ford averaged six and a half yards a carry. Uh, uh, you know, obviously, Kareem Hunt had some moments. Uh, he scored a touchdown. Uh, but just overall, the running game, and then throw Deshaun Watson in there, the running game looked much improved, and they clearly identified, guys, a spot where they felt like they could be successful because they wore out the right side on their offensive line. They were attacking the left side of that defense, and it worked all game long. The, Ra- the Ravens never found an answer for it. Just, uh, you know, what did you see as we were watching it live or as you were watching it live that that really stood out to you as far as how the Browns were able to run the ball? Well, the one thing I would say is that I think James Hudson right now is is borderline unplayable as a pass protector, uh, but but very good as a run blocker, right? Yes. Uh, and he, he plays with a, a nastiness and an edge in run blocking that I think is much more, you know, like what you would expect to see from a, from a player with his background. I wonder if that's why they wanted to flirt with having him as a guard. That, I was just about to say, yeah. I think yeah. Long, long term his future might be at guard if, if he's going to stick in the league because some of those – pass protection reps were really really rough you know and um but but having said that you know they found a a way to win with with the running game and again i you know i go back to the coaching staff i you know i i i I am typically a pretty vocal critic of the coach when things aren't going well and you know i think this game was a great example of you know and to jake's point like dissecting how they change things up at halftime will be a lot of fun this week. That will be looking into that, getting a feel for that, seeing what they, they leaned into what they found 
because I think, you know, there has been this sort of false narrative out there that the Browns never changed things at halftime. I, I think that this is pretty clear, right, where they they found some things that worked in the first half and they brought them with them to the second half and, and accentuated them. And in some cases, you know, they went to a few of the same plays, I think, multiple times if I was yeah. seeing it correctly, right, which is or – I love that personally, right? Like it, it, to me, you know, talking about the Browns being more physical – the message you send when you're running the same run play multiple times is, Hey, Hey guys, you, you want to stop us? We're right here. You know what we're running? <laughs> like go ahead and go ahead and, and put your nose in a gap. And and the Ravens were not ready for that. A lot of times. I mean, there's, and of course there's that, that absolutely iconic, what uh seven, eight yard pile pusher. I talk about a moment, uh, like in, in on that final uh, drive, like you see those maybe go for a yard or two, but that he picked up an extra five, six, seven, you know, it was, it was a long, road that he traveled yes and every single member of the browns offensive line was involved in that pile every single one you know and, and i think it was joel batonio that came kind of running in late and added in you know so that and that's the sort of thing where again like we are not used to as browns fans being on the side of the team that is more physical but i think as you go back through this season you see that show up again and again and again and i think Again, from the front office to the coaching staff, they deserve a ton of credit for fostering that level of toughness and physicality throughout the roster. Yeah, I, I would say uh, maybe that was a point like a little bit there, like what you, the play you're talking about where, you know, the scrum and Batonio, uh, I think, um, came across and, and had the uh, cross block on that one and then followed. That's why he was the last one of the pile, right? But the also on that drive, they used Njoku to do the same thing on a third and two, and it sprung yeah. forward wide open. And it was kind of like at that point, I was you could kind of feel like Stefanski was feeling it a little bit, right, uh, with the play calling because he was just like everything he was calling was working. And they had a feel for how to run the ball and how to throw the ball. Uh, plus, you were getting Watson making plays. I would just say like another thing I, that stuck out to me when we talk about it real quickly, and I'll give it back to you, Mike. I know I'm just kind of just talking randomly about stuff. What we're here I'm for. Remembering for about the game. But so uh, what's his name? Uh, R.D. Hop, right? Misses the extra point after the yes. crazy interception. Okay. And the entire defense comes over to him. And tells him not to worry about it. Like, when have you ever seen that on a Browns team before? So, if we're talking about, like, culture stuff and the Browns not being the Browns anymore, like, that is something that really stood out to me. Miles goes over to him. All the corners go over to him. They're like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You know what I mean? And, of course, he comes back and kicks the game winner. Stuff. And who that, are the first uh, people that went out, out and congratulated him? Yeah, those guys. So, I mean, that it's just, uh, you know, that's different. That's buy-in. That's, you know... Things that you want to – those are things that you see in a winning culture that you're not – you know, we haven't seen in the past. There's an interesting comment up here about Watson's second-half EPA, CPOE stuff, completion Best, percentage oh, yeah. over expected. He does lead all quarterbacks in the NFL in second-half EPOA and CPOE, which is really awesome. <laughs> That's really great. Now, he only has yeah. 86 plays, and the leaders in plays have like 90, 194, 100 and something. Some, some have crept into the 200s. Uh, the problem is in the first two quarters, he's 32nd. So got to clean that up. You know, yin and, yin, uh, yin, yin and yang. I got I got made fun of uh, for recently for that one. Yin and yang. Um, Correct. I think I, I which I had said is because the yin yang twins, you know. Yeah, yeah. that's what you're it's, thinking it's really of. You have, to, you, have to whiz, you have to whisper the rest Three, of the six, state. Five. On, guys, right? Yeah. Anyway. You love the yin yang. So twins. if he could just be a little better in the first half and be a stone cold killer in the second half. Yeah. 
there's Deshaun Watson. So like, um, I don't know, good signs, good stuff. Yeah, I think if you're going to choose a half to be the best quarterback in football, you take the second. But that's the right. But but you know, I mean, yeah, the the slow start thing is is definitely becoming like a a trend, right? Where we're you're kind of asking some of those questions. Uh, it was not as pronounced last week in Arizona or in Cleveland against Arizona, but it definitely was there. You think back to the Tennessee game, it for sure was a factor in that game. So, um, yeah, I think it'll be interesting, you know, as this relationship between the head coach and the quarterback continues to develop, what what kind of tools do they give Watson to kind of get into the rhythm a little bit earlier? Or maybe he just always needs to get smacked and leave the field hobbling and then come back and be lights up. It does seem to have an effect on him. It does. So- I have this question about Watson, not to to take you guys off course again, right? Uh, About his performance in the second half. It was excellent. It was amazing, right? But once again, I'll go back to the 14 of 14, if we look at like the A dot or whatever, or is probably not. I mean, a lot of it was Njoku carrying people down the field. A lot of it was underneath stuff. I remember one specifically down the field to Cooper where he makes a great catch going to his right and across the middle of the field. That was second and 19. That was the scene. I know we're talking about that bully ball play with the the pushing. That throw on second and 19, I know I'll get right back to you, Brad. That was the play of the game because he had just fumbled. It was down like at the three-minute mark. Mm-hmm. And to get that into third and two off of second and 19, that throw was like wildly important. So I just wanted to say that because that, yeah. that was a big moment of the game. But yeah, back to your question. I, I think you're going to talk about like the, the, there wasn't a ton of challenging throws maybe. Is that, is that kind of I, what I'm asking, I'm asking to you guys, like did it stand out to you? Like maybe that's why the 14 to 14 didn't stand out to me because it wasn't like a ton of like really difficult throws he was making. And I'm not, it doesn't have yeah. to be that way to be no, successful. I think I'm not complaining. What, what I noticed in the first game the Ravens played uh against DTR was that they when they dropped zone they're a huge zone team when they dropped they depth you like they will they're determined to be the the exact antithesis of the Browns where they say we'll let you have a 17 play drive and say that you're going to screw up one or two times and we're going to take advantage of it so what I noticed in that first game was that a lot of times the Browns would chip release because they were doing that to help DTR a young quarterback there was nobody covering the release guys, and they finally found some of those guys. And you're talking about those are short completions, but that's the right throw in the moment because they're dropping people into coverage lanes. And we'll confirm this with the film, but like, yeah, let it's okay to let your 270 pound alien tight end bully some people. Like, that's an okay right. decision no, to yeah. make. So I think you're right. Like, there weren't like, oh my God, look at he threw eight seeds in the second half that just were unbelievable. No, he made the right decision. That's and I okay. think that was exactly what you needed from him. Uh, more like more of those. And we'll, again, we'll confirm it, but like they were just great decision-based plays taking what's there. And then when he had to make a throw on that second and 19, like that throw was so good to coop over the middle there in a vacated portion of the field. So great um, catch, it's, it's a good point from you, Brad. I think that, that that's like, that's definitely something on that drive, but, but I think the Ravens want you to play, but they're going to force you to play ball that way and say, at some point you're going to get greedy you're going to leave something high. You're going to leave a ball a little too far out in front of somebody. We'll give yeah. you those dump off throws because you don't want to take those. That's not fun quarterbacking, right? Unless right. you're Derek Carr. But like, that's exactly <laughs> the angle that the Ravens are sort of saying is instead of the, like the Browns are, and they were themselves today. I'm sure you guys would agree with me. 
They yes. played their brand of ball. We've had three holding calls or two illegal contacts in the first half. I don't care. We're still going to get a little grabby at the top of your route. And we're going to make it difficult for you. Now, what is his name? Land Land Grant. What was the uh, official's name today? Land Grant. Clark. With Land an e. Clark. Land Grant is a brewing company here in Columbus. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like not a bad one either. That, that that crew was calling them. They were calling them, and I've seen so many worse ones let go. Ridiculous. So like, they, the, oh, there were the there Browns, were two in this game that were rough. I would agree. Well, the, the Browns co- said, the JOK one was clear, but yeah, that one that wiped out the interception. Awful. Holy. Oh, God. So so generally, like, my thought is the Browns say we're going to make every single play as difficult on you as possible defensively. Or the Ravens say we're going to make you think through every play, right? The Browns say we're going to make you physically hate this play. The Ravens say we're going to make you think through every play. So that's why I thought what Deshaun did in the second half, them coming to a consensus between staff and quarterback, here's how we have to get this done, was really impressive because yeah. that's what they they, they yeah. just bled them out. They just took, they nickel and dimed them yeah. all down the field. And really yeah. important to keep in mind contextually that this is the Browns and the uh, Ravens are neck and neck right now, DVOA-wise, for the best defenses in the league, right? Yeah. And, and you know, Jake's point is absolutely right. They play very different types of defense, but they're the best defenses in the league. And I, I think the, the ability to find the spaces for that, you know, for to find success – um, is, you know, a, a necessary, a necessary adjustment that they made at halftime yeah. and one that Watson executed really well. But I think they, you know, again, coaching staff, quarterback, entire offense deserves a ton of credit for getting it done. 33 points with, you know, only what, seven of them off of the defense. So 26 points against the other best defense in football. Yeah. I think, I think <laughs> I, I, I was, uh, you know, Serge, uh, by the way, Serge might be the MVP of the comments. Uh, he is fantastic. He, Serge is on one tonight. So, <laughs> uh, John get after even Serge. understood. Uh, yeah, I would just say that, um, you know, to your point, I think even more credit to the coaching, right? Like yeah. to dye all that stuff up and, and then the execution as well. Because, you know, outside, not taking any credit away from him, because outside of, uh, you know, off, his off schedule stuff was outstanding too, you know, his scrambling and his. The play that he makes to Elijah Moore uh, yeah. off of uh, schedule to get in the end zone. I mean, that's that's a you know that's epic uh, Deshaun stuff right there, right? Re- really good to see Elijah get in the end zone in on, in a big spot like that. Brad, Play him outside. Love, hey, he was Brad, pretty good playing are, outside. So yeah, Brad, you you and I are in the same mental wavelength, which is I don't know if that says anything good about you at all, but. Uh, <laughs> We're riding on the same mental wave, like because you keep bringing up my next thing. I'm talking about moments. I'm talking about big things in this game. Two big moments, two big firsts in this game for the Cleveland Browns. One was the Elijah Moore touchdown. Uh, good to see him finally find pay dirt, get into the end zone. And then the other one, uh, it, uh, even bigger than that, I would think most people would say, but the first interception of the career of Greg Newsom could not have come at a better time. Okoronkwo gets his hand on a ball that Lamar Jackson throws. It pops up in the air and real aggressively. Greg Newsom comes from deep. I think he was actually, was he playing safety on that play? He, he was back there. Uh, I, I, he comes I, couldn't, from, I couldn't tell. He comes from deep, catches the ball and takes it downfield, beats Lamar Jackson and one of the linemen down the field for a touchdown. So Greg Newsom's first interception in the NFL could not have come at a bigger time, could not have come at a bigger moment. He's finally got that monkey off his back and it comes for a pick. It goes for a pick six, man. Those are a couple of really cool firsts uh, that happened for the Cleveland Browns tonight. I, I yeah. want to say real quick, cause I do want to hit on Newsom. I don't I, I, like 
the distribution of, of targets in this game was really good. I don't know if you guys saw that. So like Cooper had nine targets, six catches, 98. Njoku had nine targets, six catches, 58. Elijah Moore, seven targets, five catches, 44, a touchdown. And then Tillman had three targets, three opportunities to really make a play. So like they threw for 213 yards. And if Tillman comes down with a couple of those, you're talking about like that 275 to 300 range. Like that to me is a really great distribution of targets where Coop gets almost 10 and Joku gets almost 10. Those guys are up there. Moore's getting his chances. And then you get Tillman four or five. And that's the, that's the path guys. I mean, and then Jerome Ford, it's wild to me. I'm sitting here thinking like, I can only think of one Jerome Ford run, um, the, the push run. And he had 107 yards. I really need to go back and rewatch it. Cause it's like, he had 6.3 a carry such a better gun runner. I'm sure you guys would agree. Like that dude is uh, a, a different runner when he's in the gun, but like, I just think that that distribution, we talk about this all the time. Why can't we get more guys? That's, that's great. Like that is the formula fellas. Like that, that to me is perfect to, to get things where they want to get them in the passing game to be 275 and 125 running type your 400 yards. Right. So um, yeah, I'll shut up. But I just, they, they had three, 373, but like they were right there. I thought to get to the four, you want to be a 400 yard team. You win, you get to 400 yards and take care of the football a little better than they did today. You're winning. You win a ton of ball games. So that, that's the path. Uh, I just went in on that, but that's cool for Greg Newsom. I'm sure that felt like a monkey coming off his back a little bit there, man. You know, the old, Steve Young adage from the Super Bowl where he's just, it just feel like Newsom's been playing and he's been around opportunities and hasn't found one. So to get a, it's just kind of wild though. Like two weeks in a row, did that ball hit Oko's helmet? It did. So two weeks in a row, the Browns have found helmet deflection luck after having awful helmet deflection luck in Seattle. That's, so that's kind of wild. Yeah. The turntables. The turntables. Living by the deflection. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, on the Newsom piece, you know, I think, uh, it, it was, you know, it's the, it is the luck thing. Right. And being in the right place at the right time, and then give him a ton of credit for really like hitting the ground running and, you know, looking to score from the moment he caught the ball, yeah. he got a great break on it, got a great read on it and turned into a returner. And, you know, I mean, they obviously were a, a much uh, better team scoring, cashing in red zone opportunities in the second half. But if he doesn't score there, they get bogged down, kick a field goal, maybe, you know, changes things when you just put, as it turns out, six on the board there, it, it really <laughs> changes, you know, the feel of the game, uh, I think, pretty directly. And yeah, I, I mean, that's just that's the sort of stuff that this defense has continued to do this year that we were bemoaning last year. It felt a lot of last year like the bounce of the ball never broke their way for the entire season, that they were in position, they would cause a turnover and it would fall to another receiver or it would fall harmlessly to the ground as two Browns were like, just out of their reach. And so, you know, for those things to start happening, you, know, you talk about ball fumble luck The you know, Watson was strip sacked on the final drive that won them the game. Yeah. And oh, it bounced God. right to Wyatt Teller. He like covered it. Yeah. I, you know, weird, that, man. Think about what conversation we're having. If that goes differently. Right. Yeah, like Wyatt Teller was a menace today, by the way. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. How and, many and, times have we seen that helmet ball just go, exactly yards behind everybody it's, right. it is football's weird it's yeah. such a weird sport. And, and i think that you know the the browns did a lot to hurt themselves today but they also capitalized on a lot of opportunities in the second half and i think that was the difference first half to second half as much as it was about scheme it was about their intent to take advantage of the opportunities they were given boys lastly on defense the thing the thing that really stood out to me as the game went on because what do you worry about with a team that really 
applies the pressure the way the Cleveland Browns do against a guy like Lamar Jackson is if you don't get him, if you if you over pursue him, if you get too deep down the field, he's going to he's going to make you pay for it. And outside of uh, what happened early in the game, the Cleveland Browns, I thought, were phenomenal as this game went on at not just getting with their front four almost exclusively getting pressure consistently on Lamar Jackson. Jake, you brought up that you don't think Lamar played very well. And he didn't. And I think a big chunk of that is due to the fact that he was seeing ghosts out there Mm -hmm. with the Cleveland Browns pursuit. Uh, But you weren't just getting pressure on him in the pocket when he would roll out of the pocket. They did a phenomenal job of having people there waiting for him or chasing him down. There were moments, especially I remember one late in the game, Sedarius Smith got pressure on him. He got out of it and Smith chased him all the way to the boundary. Didn't let him get anywhere. And he had a little help on that play as well. I think the Browns pressure wise and pursuit wise played such a good football game in this one. It felt like when they slowed him down, it felt like there was waves of pressure, right? If it didn't feel like there was just one pressure, but it felt like they were coming in waves because he would escape. And then your secondary defenders were right there to tackle him. So if, you know, when you start to see that, then you're really uh, influencing him because he can't just break one tackle and get free. Uh, it felt like everybody was a part of it, and uh, that's when they really hemmed him in, I thought. Yeah, I was just happy Keaton Mitchell must still be beat up because I did yeah. not want to see any more of that guy. Uh, that was, wow. Uh, yeah, he could really run. Turn so that we, corner he only had in three the carries half. for 34 Shot. yards. I mean, they held Gus Edwards to 11 for 24. He did have that touchdown, but that was largely gifted by a couple different (laughs) weird scenarios there. So Gus has been killing the league the last two, three weeks. So it was encouraging to see them shut that. I thought they handled the run game pretty well outside of the one play where they're like, oh, Keaton Mitchell can break this pursuit angle pretty quickly. So they gave up that one. But other than that, I thought they were – you take that 39 burger out of it, and I thought they were pretty good because Mitchell ended up with 34 yards on the game. So he went backwards five yards his next two carries after that. So you make – I mean, what's the recipe with Baltimore, guys? You know this. We've been talking about – make them one-dimensional. And I thought they did a good job. Like, Lamar's runs weren't designed runs. Like, I thought he pulled the ball a couple times. One one of those times, JOK smacked him in the mouth, got a little too greedy trying to rip the football out, which I get. But but they they, – those were just scramble runs that he popped out and made a play a little bit. But they handled the run game after what we watched the first time. You guys would agree with me. Large chunk runs where there were huge lanes to run through. I thought they were really, really good run defense wise. And this, that'll be fun to break down as well. So, um, you know, again, they, they give up three Oh six, but I, you take out the first quarter. What do you guys think they had yards wise Baltimore in the first quarter? Because I would imagine that's of the three Oh six, that's 127 yards. I mean, it, it, that's, that tells the story. Like they, the Browns out coached them the rest of the way after they got some unlucky thing. Like, I just think it's important to note that the Browns adjusted better and out coached them than through the rest of the way. How many times have we wanted to say that over the years? You know, Harbaugh's Every record time. that Andrew pointed out Every um, time. Has, been, has been sort of a laughing stock for us for a long time. And, you know, for them to out coach Baltimore in Baltimore in that environment, like you said, hottest team in football right now with with all the defense they've been playing, all the, and I, I can't. It's a really cool win for your Cleveland Browns. Like, that, yep. that's Heck the yeah. moral of the yep. story. Uh, and they've, They've put themselves in a. I, I it's a game to be at this weekend. I was about to say it is a game to the Pittsburgh keeps following their method, man. Out we're going to let teams outperform us in terms of the yards, but we're going to score more points by getting some interceptions or weird stuff happening. I just think that this is one where the fans need to make it absolutely miserable on Pittsburgh. That's right. 
And uh, I, I actually am getting a little goosebumpy thinking about how the, how, how geared up this team should be for like the Nick Chubb revenge element. Like it's all sitting there waiting for him, man. Yep. And uh, I, I to go seven and three, the, the, the you're going to see, one team in the division is losing. The Bengals are going to make it even harder on themselves. You guys saw the record. They're one and I think they they have a win against the division. They're like one they and four not. against the AFC. They're zero and two AFC North. So if they lose, they're going to put themselves in a real tight spot. And if the if the rate if the Ravens lose and fall to seven and four, the Browns could be seven and three by the end of the weekend. Boys, yep. boys, we're talking yep. with we're with talking, the schedule in front of them with the, the schedule that the, they've got in front of them. In the thick of it with two C's is what yep. we're talking about yep. right here. So it yep. is all that so thick. We, so talked, thick. we talked about coming out of this thing one and one, right? Yep. We talked about coming out of this thing one now and let's one. Get greedy. Stretch. Nah. Let's get greedy and go. They got to <laughs> win this thing. Like they, they have to capitalize on their momentum here and, and show Pittsburgh that like, hey, we're we're not who we played you guys the first that's not it. That's not it. And I think I'm excited to see how they, they rise up to meet that challenge. This should be a and- really fun one. And boys, that's how I wanted to finish this show tonight is I wanted to send it around the horn and just talk about kind of what you were just getting into there, Jake, but talk about what this win means for the remainder, what what you think it means for the mentality of the team uh, and what it means for the remainder of this season. Because uh, we keep seeing it in the comments. Two times the Browns have gone, uh, gone up against a team that at the time was called the best team in football this year. First, it was the 49ers. Now it's been the Ravens and they've been the hottest team in football lately. And both of those games, they came away with a win. The well, way broke, this one... For- they broke Brock Purdy. Now, that's the only reason why yeah. they're losing now. They Until broke today. Him. Until Browns today. Broken. Yeah, Ray- uh, Jaguars fixed him. Yeah, they Jaguars <laughs> fixed him. The Jaguars fixed him. He is fixed now, but the Browns broke him. Uh, just the talk Jaguars. about... We talked about this being like a culture-changing thing. Uh, a franchise, all-time great franchise victory since they've returned. What yeah. does it do for this team moving forward? How excited are you for this team moving I, forward? I think what it changes is that you know what I feel is changing, and I think I think our uh, esteemed uh, you know publisher Barry McBride wrote about this post game. It changes the expectations, right? Um, you know, I I was saying before, like the last time I I felt you know this confident about them not kind of falling on their face was in Week Two against Pittsburgh, and and then as soon as that game started, I was like, why did I feel like this was going to go well, right? Because that's just how those games work. Yeah, I had the same feeling, of course, at the beginning of today's game. Uh, but I think what the Browns have proven, you go back to the Seattle game, same thing, spotted them 14 points, came back, were in a position to win the game if you know they don't have bad helmet luck, right? Yep. Um, th- this team has proven that they're not going to go away quietly. They are not going to. The only time that they've really packed it in was the DTR game against the Ravens, and I think we all understand what that was about. They're not going to do that, and that's not who this team is week in, week out. So you can show up on Sunday in person or at home and expect that whether they win or lose, they're going to fight like hell for 60 minutes to win the game. And that in and of itself is all I have ever wanted from a football team, right? Because you, you got to feel at that point, the results are going to take care of themselves, right? There's going to be some weeks where it doesn't go your way. The bounce of the ball doesn't, doesn't behave as we just talked about, but you're going to be in every game. And that is just a, a, a goddamn pleasure after the years of not yes. knowing week to week what team is going to show up, what team is going to walk out of the tunnel. So just know next Sunday, tune in. It's going to be great. Well I would say I would say about the Steelers, um, they have to have a feeling in there right now 
like they know they're better than the Steelers after that that week two game. Like they there has to be a collective feeling like that if things go well, they can kick the shit out of them on Sunday. So that's just kind of where I'm at. And maybe maybe they don't. You know, I'd be happy with the win either way. But, I mean, there has to be – coming out of this game, uh, this can be a massive springboard for them. I mean, this validates everything that we've been – all the little stuff that we've been complimenting about them, culture-wise, buy-in, you know, uh, the, Stefanski's job this season – uh, oh, we just need quarterback play. Well, you got it for a second half that looked really, really good. And then you win. You've won two massive games, including, as Andrew said, maybe Kevin's signature win in this one that feels better than what I felt in a long time. This team feels special to me. They feel special. They feel different. And uh, I think that that going into a week where you're going to welcome the Pittsburgh Steelers into Cleveland Brown Stadium is recipe for a, a potential ass whooping. That sounds doesn't that sound great? Welcome, welcome Pittsburgh into Cleveland for a potential ass whooping. It, that just it doesn't get said enough, but it should be said. If the Browns, the Browns sitting here six and three, they beat the Ravens. If the Browns can beat the Steelers next week, go to seven and three, and you're sitting there with now the Broncos, the Rams, the Jags that got smoked today, but a pretty good Jags team. The Bears, this resurgent Texans team, who, again, that's not going to be an easy, that's not going to be an easy win. The Jets and then the Bengals at the end. I mean, I don't think we're sitting here talking about can the Browns get to nine or ten wins anymore. We're talking about how many wins can this franchise get? Can we be a 12, 13 win team? That's, if they can get this win this week against the Steelers, that's what we're talking about. That's how, and I think that's how big this win was. I think that's how big this win was. I don't think it can be overstated. Yeah, this yeah, was yeah, the one. Yeah, I think that like, okay, we're gonna celebrate this. We're gonna live in the moment and all of it, and it's great. It, it's awesome. So it's unique. It's it's so fun. Um, win next weekend. Beat the Steelers, man. Like like beat them. Like really beat them. And and yes. and you're like gonna get some national respect. Like real. Because again, you beat the 49ers, right? You should have beat the Seahawks. You had every chance with the third quarterback to beat them, and then you just beat the Ravens on the road. Those are teams like the 49ers and the in the in the and the Ravens are teams people consider Super Bowl favorites, right there with the Chiefs, right there with the Eagles yep. at this moment. So you're beating teams that people view as the tier one teams that can go to the Super Bowl. So, like I said, man, it's all right there. Get greedy, but 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 live with the appropriate fear about Pittsburgh coming in and what they can do and how they do it and how they go about it and and play your game, man. Take care of the football and and like. I, I really just can't wait to see how the stadium environment is because it it, yeah. it could be really really fun and I just it's a different it's a different Brown Steelers game in Cleveland it just is right now that's yeah. the way it goes so um, you know rise up like rise up to this moment and this opportunity and I'm sure they're all chomping at it, like talking I'm like that Kevin's bringing them back in tomorrow getting ahead of it getting guys like dialed in focused up on it like. I, I don't know. I just really, I, I really like that. I think that the, they, they, they understand the impact of this week inside the AFC North where it's like two huge games for where this thing is going the rest of the way. And then, you know, it, it let it play out the rest of the way with the schedule, but, but God, God, they, they, this game puts them in such a good position to, to take advantage of a real second half run. I don't know that I could say it any better myself. Anybody else want to say any final parting words before we get out of here tonight? Browns are three and a half point favorites against the Steelers at home. Seems Let's low. Let's go.
it does seem right. low. But that's good. That's okay. Let's let's, yep, let's exactly. Let's, I just I hope Take that like somebody the point. somebody send the chat like Nick Chubb pictures up everywhere like do it for yeah. like oh, Nick is the, is the that, that's what it's yeah. all about no. man yeah. like I'm 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 really excited about that that so that's what I was gonna say I was gonna say don't be surprised after this win that if you hear some national narratives that you don't like right like the national media is probably gonna say some stuff about this game that that we know not to be true so you know realize that what you saw today was real. Yeah. And that this team is real. Don't let that the nonsense, uh, you know, win the next three. It'll deter take you from wins, your enthusiasm yeah, man. behind with this team. You should 100% believe and be enthusiastic about this team. Okay. And and to say, to put on top of what Jake said before, if you are going to make it to the game at Cleveland Brown Stadium on Sunday, first of all, you're lucky because it's going to be wild down there, but make it crazy. Go in there. Think about all the times over the last 25 years where Pittsburgh is coming to Cleveland and all you've seen are terrible towels waving all over the stadium. And it's felt like a Pittsburgh home game. This is, again, to me, it's a, it's a, it's a chance to define everything moving forward. That's what happened today. And that's what could happen next week. So make it crazy. We got a Niners fan in the comments. 2K teacher uh, said the only team he feared was Cleveland and wants to see, wants to see the Browns on Super Sunday. Well, we appreciate it. Hey, listen, you guys yeah. did the, the YouTube donation side of things. We've never really seen that. So unbelievable. Like, thanks. There's been 700 yep. plus hanging out with us. So yep. like we it, it just be four losers, which we are sitting in a room talking without you guys. So yep. I really uh, I think Barry's like, throw like I don't party. think I, this is just I want to say this. Like I'm watching Browns games and I'm obviously a fan. That's why I started doing this. I know that's why you guys are here, too. But like the first thing I think about is how much fun we're going to have talking to all of you like. That's exactly. the thing I yes. look forward to the most is, 100%. Like, oh, yeah, man, they won. I get to explain to everybody how they won and why they won. I get to talk about it and hang out, and there will be more people hanging out with us and talking with us. So, like, yeah, the money's great, and the donations are awesome, and they help us make a better production element here from the OBR. But, like, you guys, man, the community yeah. is what it's all about. So, uh, huge, huge, huge kudos to you guys. It, it makes it yeah. all really fun. And even yeah. in the bad times, you guys are, you guys are here. So, uh, you know, this is – Let's write it out, man. Big stuff. Thanks to everybody who donated, Hunter. You just did too. I'm not. I'm, we're not sending you begging for that by any means, but like, right. I just want you guys to know that, like, from the bottom of our heart, we appreciate that stuff. So, kudos. Yeah. Hey, let's leave it at that because the real MVPs are all of you guys. So, there shout you. out to all of you. Thanks for jumping in again. 700 plus people in here with us over the last hour, uh, and and we know a big part of that is because your Cleveland Browns uh, didn't just win a game in Baltimore, but made a statement in Baltimore uh, this afternoon in the way that they won that game. So the Cleveland Browns, uh, big-time win over Baltimore. They moved to 6-3. and three. We're going to take off again. Just remember, uh, for all of you that joined us, thank you for following. Thank you for being tuned into the OBR Streaming Network. Make sure you also get over and subscribe to the OBR's website at theobr.com, where you can read all the best writing that happens on the Cleveland Browns uh, all week long. And on the OBR Streaming Network, we go four, I'm sorry, five nights a week uh, with the best video content. So, Check out Chalk Talk tomorrow with Jake. Check out the Doghouse and Garage Beers with me on Tuesday night. Check out Barry and Fred Wednesday with OBR Weekly. And check out Brad again Thursday night on All Eyes on Cleveland leading into next week's game day rewind against the uh, the Steelers after that Steelers game. So that's going to do it for us, for Andrew, for Jake, for Brad, for Ian in the background, keeping track of everything. We all want to say thank you to you guys for joining in. And until next week, cheers and go freaking Browns, baby.
everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.